Quotidian listeners, and welcome to This Week in Interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago, and you're listening to This Week in Interview on tdnradio.net. You can also find um, past shows um, on our podcast. Um, if you go to tdnradio.net, um, you will find a link to, to the podcast of past shows. I'm always excited to spend an hour or so with you on, on, a, on a Wednesday evening. Um, as I always say, it's the highlight of my week. My regular listeners, thank you. Thank you for tuning in every Wednesday. And if tonight is the first time that you're listening to me, welcome. I, my objective is to turn you into a regular listener yourself. The, the purpose of this weekend interview is to bring you discussions. Sometimes I have discussions with myself. But most times I have discussions with very interesting guests uh, who have something to share with us because of their experience, because of their training, because of their qualifications, just for being people who have accomplished stuff and who have something to share with us. And the objective is to bring you the information from a different perspective, a different angle than you would get uh, regularly clicking a mouse or a remote. That's the purpose for our existence, and I hope that we succeed in doing that because when we share that information with you, I like to think that it stirs you to movement, movement in thought um, that ultimately results in action. So here we are, another Wednesday of this weekend interview. I am very excited tonight about the conversation that I'm going to be having. I hope you can hear it in my voice. Uh, as, as, as somebody who hails from the country of Dominica, I'm always boasting of how creative that we are and how imaginative we are. And there are times I wish that we would apply that creativity and imagination in, in, in all aspects of our lives. Um, however, we seem to be especially blessed in the arts. Um, you know, for music and, and our creative arts, our, our calypsos, and, uh, and tonight we're going to be focusing on our writing, our writing. Um, recently released, a fresh off the press, is another book by a Dominican talent, and it's called The Flying Crapo. Those of you from Dominica, you know Crapo is, our, is one of our delicacies, the mountain chicken. And if you're not from Dominica right now, you go, you. But yeah, um, Crapo um, is especially attached to Dominica. And so we have a book called The Flying, Flying, Flying Crapo. And I'm going to be telling you all about it because my guest tonight, I have two guests tonight. Um, one of them is the co-editor of The Flying Crapo. And another one is a contributor because you see The Flying Crapo is a collection of short stories of writers um, from Dominica with some connection to Dominica. Well, let's go back, let's go do what we normally do, play, play some of the character anthem, take a couple of words from some of our sponsors, and I, I'm going to hurry back because I am as excited as I have ever been about tonight's conversation. And once we start going into, in, in, into, into the meat of things, you will agree with me that the hour is going to just fly back. So go ahead, grab something to drink, um, take a relax, and we'll be back and talking about the flying crapple. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought Through victory and pain By test of their courage Our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us The heroes of lands in the On building one Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong 
Association, alongside Flow, Dominica's number one telecommunication provider, and Joseph and Gabriel, local distributors of Heineken beer, Coca-Cola, and Swapito water, present the grand semi-finals, Saturday, February 8th, from 8.30pm, at the Stadium Focus. 20 Caritonians on one big stage, your backup band, the Caribbean's number one party band, The Swinging Stars. Messier, the margin for errors, will be very slim on that night. Nine will make it through to the finals. Eleven heads will roll. Yes, you heard right. Eleven heads will roll. The entrance fee is only $40 for standing and $50 for sitting. The grand semi-finals is on Saturday, February 8th from 8.30pm at the Stadium Focus, presented by the Dominica Calypso Association, Flor Dominica, Heineken Beer, Coca-Cola, and Tropical Water. Other partners include Carib Trends and Easy Barrel, Fresh Market and Do It Center, Perkins Pizza, and Val Ferry. The number one, the number one Caribbean radio station on the web, TDN Radio. TDN Radio. TDN Radio, we play the hits and wicked old school jams to bring back memories. Are you recording by any chance? All right, listeners, we're back. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, I, towards the end of the year, I had stopped playing the Caricom anthem because I was so disgusted with Caricom and I started playing it back. Um, because I still believe that Caribbean people want to be one and I continue to play the anthem which is my little contribution to keeping the dream alive of Caribbean unity, uh, people working together in a collective. And that's exactly what um, we'll be talking about tonight. That is one aspect of what we'll be talking about tonight. Because as I said to you before um, we took the break, the introductory break, is that my guests tonight, I have two guests. Um, one of my guests is Miss. Nicole Judges Bennett, uh, who is the co-editor and also a contributing writer to The Flying Crapple. And the other guest is Mr. Sam George, who is also a contributor, a contributing writer to it. The, the Flying Crapple is a very interesting, um, I don't want to call it a project because it's done and it's beautiful, um, but, but a very interesting venture. Into, into the creative aspect of, um, of Dominican culture and Dominican artists. Uh, and as I told you, it is a collection of, such, of short stories by, by, by many Dominican writers. And so I'm very excited about what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I, I want you to give a very warm welcome to my two guests. I am going to go first to Nicole. Nicole is no stranger to TDN Radio. She is part of the family. She's part of the inner circle. Um, so, Nicole, it's always a pleasure um, talking to you and having you on this weekend interview. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to be here, very excited to be here. And I just would like to say good evening to all our listeners uh, to TDN Radio. So thank you very much, Anthony. Awesome. And congratulations, first of all. Congratulations to, to you uh, and to everybody else involved in the project, um, the Flying Crapple. And so I, I am going to you first because I want you to, to tell the listeners about the, the, the idea, uh, about the, the road to get to where you are to where you have a finished product. A very um, fascinating and, and, you know, beautiful product. So let's talk about, first of all, um, what was the concept? What was the idea behind the Flying Grapple? So the idea uh, behind the Flying Grapple is that we wanted to get a group or a cross-section of authors of Dominican origin together. And we wanted to explore some genres that are usually not... Um, dealt with um, it in our local market, and by that I mean fantasy and science fiction. So what we've done is we've come up with a collection of stories that are folklore, so sort of based on traditional um, culture, but also fantasy and fiction, science fiction, and other types of fiction as well. 
And what we strove to do was to come up with new concepts that were perhaps informed by our traditional culture and heritage and our storytelling tradition. So what we've done is we've created um, a new collection, if you like, of stories that will seem familiar, but that are hopefully, you know, they've got a bit of edge to them. They've got something different and new to offer to our readers. Right. So, so it's a genre of writing, I guess, or, or is it or is, is like a, you see it's a blending of, of, of folk, or folklore or folk stories with, with fantasy, with, um, with science fiction. And, and, and we know that in Dominica we have a tradition of storytelling. Um, yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, I grew up in Castle Bruce when there was no electricity and on a moonlight night, or it doesn't even have to be moonlight night, any excuse that we would get to tell stories about scary stuff. Um, we would, right. you know. And, and I really like the project because um, there's a tendency to dismiss that aspect of our lives as something backwards or a little less civilized, you know, whereas we embrace, like, like Disney, we embrace Marvel, we embrace um, all the stories about um, Greek mythology, we, you know, all of those things. Um, I, I know that you, you have uh, another work that you release, a, a book that you release, um, as the Adventures of Batibu, um, you will tell me the name more correctly because I always have trouble saying it. Um, but but you seem to be particularly interested in that aspect of writing. So so talk about that uh, a bit, and, and what about it that fascinates you? Okay. Well, thank you first of all for referring to my my debut novel, uh, which was also a collection of short stories. It was called Tales of Saint Martin, Tales. still up Tales. and available yeah. on Amazon.com. And Nicole, take a pause. Tell, really tell us the name again. Sure. Tales of St. Mark. Tales of St. So Mark. that's um, S-T-M-A-R-T-S. Tales of St. Mark. Okay. And um, I don't want to get too far away from... No, no, no. I just wanted to remind us, tell us the name, and then you can continue. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, and that's available uh, both as a paperback and uh, e-book on Amazon.com. Right. And... I've just always been fascinated growing up as, you know, like yourself, you know, with the storytelling um, tradition that we've got. But I've also been a fan of science fiction from a very early age. And always the idea of exploring new worlds and, you know, new dimensions, it's always been just very fascinating to me. And I could never understand how, as people, we're so creative and we're so imaginative. I mean, if you look at our, our mythology and our legends, but for some reason, we like to keep it on the ground. We never go into space, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we never take it, it to that next level. So um, I always thought that if I were going to write um, a book or a work, of, a work, I would want it to kind of straddle that world between science fiction, fantasy, but informed by our folklore. So that's what I attempted to do um, on my own with Tales of St. Mark. And what I believe we've successfully done in this, the Flying Crapple Collective, so which basically is a collection of work that, so where some of the stories are typical of our traditional folklore, and I've said, but there's also new concepts and characters that have evolved out of that aesthetic. So it's basically a mix of fantasies, a mix of folklore, science fiction, as well as some other genres thrown in there, but it's primarily, I would say, it's uh, a work of fantasy. The stories are primarily based on fantasy. And um, I just want to say a quick shout out to all of our authors who are listening. We actually had 16 authors who contributed to this work, so I think that's very notable um, in and of itself. So I just want to say a quick goodnight to them. I know many of them are listening, so I just want to thank them for, you know, just being a part of the project and for exploring their imaginations and sharing that with us and, and with the readers. Certainly, 16, that's, that's, that's an achievement. Uh, so, Sam, I want to bring you into the conversation now. Um, no stranger at all um, to, t- to, to, to TDN. Um, I, I, and you and Nicole seem to be um, 
I guess you guys get each other's creative juices flowing because coming off for Redemption Road Season 2, a tremendous success after Season 1. And here you are, contributing to a whole new genre of, um, of writing. I'm calling it a new genre because I, I started reading the stories and I can see, um, just like our Kadas our Lipso and our Boolean music, that um, as Dominicans we might be um, blazing a trail into what might be considered a, a new genre. Um, so, so talk to me about um, your writing and, and what it was like to, to, to think about the concept, first of all, and, and come up with your contribution to the project. All right. Well, first of all, good evening to uh, all TV and radio listeners, and thank you for having me, Anthony. Um, wow. Yeah, um, when uh, Nicole first uh, told me about the idea, and um, uh, I was I was actually excited. Um, although at first I didn't think I was going to write a story, but then she said, "Oh no, you have to write a story as well." Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, "Okay," and you know, so I said, "Okay, well, what can I write about that would kind of fit within that?" The, the idea that she has. I mean, to me, no one had actually ever come up with something like that, um, not as far as Dominica is concerned. I don't think there is any kind of um, group of writers who come together and write, you know, write one, decide to write a story in one book. I know there are plenty of authors and they've all written great stuff, but mm -hmm. never together. So I thought that was a great idea, good coming together. And so, um, you know, I thought, okay, all right. I have a story about something that happened to me when I was, when I was a child that I can actually turn into um, um, maybe kind of a horror story, if you will. So, uh, you know, I, I actually immediately knew what I was going to write about uh, mm -hmm. because I have never really told many people that story. And I felt, okay, so maybe this is something I can share with the rest of the world. Right, and, 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 and the project came together um, quite nicely. By the way, listeners, um, the name of the, of the book that came out of that collaborative is The Flying Crapo, C-R-A-P-A-U-D, Crapo, as in the curl for, for frog, and The Flying Crapo. It's available on Amazon, both as a, as a, as a paperback, traditional paperback book, and as uh, an ebook for your Kindle or whatever you read your books. But I always like to encourage listeners that even if you get the ebook, because I hope you, I hope you get excited about this as I am, and you buy the ebook so you can read it right away, I already bought mine, um, that you will also get the paperback because it, it will look good on your bookshelf, it will look good on your coffee table. It will be interesting reading um, on a cold winter night for those of you who live outside of Dominica. Um, it, it, it's just good to have that book in your hand, turning the pages, excited to see what happened, what's happening to, to the main character. And so I encourage you to go to Amazon and order your copy of The Flying Crapo. Um, don't it in your I'm actually encouraging you to do both. Because um, if you have the e-copy, it's a quick read you can take anywhere with you. You have the paperback, um, and it can be around as a great conversation starter. Some, uh, eventually, I want you to read something for me. And if you're ready, we can go with that. If not, um, we can come back to it. Uh, are you ready to, to do sure. You are? When, whenever you're ready. Okay, ready. So, so let's go. Let's, let's hear something from your contribution. All right, so, yeah, this is uh, uh, my contribution. I'm going to read one paragraph from it because my story is not very long, so <laughs> yeah, I don't want to read too much and give away the whole story. No, no, we want but, them to buy the book, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the, 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 the title is Horror at Wrong, Wrong Pan, and anyone from Grand Four would know what I'm talking about when I say Wrong Pan. So here's a paragraph. Um, my grandfather was not a man anyone said no to, least of all me, not during my childhood or even in adulthood. He was always 
he always his word sorry his word was always final if you didn't like it well that was your problem his attitude was i'm the only adult here it didn't matter if you were 18 or 65 he would always be the oldest in the room and therefore you owed him respect from the age 10 summers and most holidays were spent either picking and bagging oranges for with my cousins for grandpa frank or harvesting dashing with my parents or on the mountainside overlooking the Kron river valley and that's all i'm going to give you if you want more you have to buy the book <laughs> you want to learn more about grandpa frank and uh, and what grandpa frank um induced his grandson to do that follows him all the way into <laughs> adulthood. <laughs> exactly. I, I encourage you to get uh, the flying crap. As a matter of fact, um, one of the things that fascinated me about your story, Sam, is you said that you, you changed the names of the character in the story to protect you, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have started with that, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, essentially, that was actually um, Nicole's idea. <laughs> you know, because I had something else he actually said, well, why don't you change it to well, actually, I had um, something to the effect that the names of the characters were changed to protect you know, real people, mm -hmm. but she said, why don't you change it and say, it will make it more ominous, or sound more ominous it, if you say you change the names of the characters to protect yourself to protect and yourself, so, yeah I, I, I said <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I so that yeah, was good, if yeah. you guys yeah, if you guys want to know more about this story and what is it that, you know, and, and to be honest, this still scares me to this day. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to buy the book to read it, um, buy the flying crap, or that is, in order to find out more about um, Grandpa Frank and Wrong Pan. What, why that tomb, why that worthy, why that phrase is so scary to an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't even live in Dominica for that matter? <laughs> Grandpa Frank must have some long arms, eh? <laughs> can, I'm telling you. I can reach you all the way. I wouldn't say where you are in case he's listening, but he can reach all the way across there <laughs> and grab you, right? I'm telling you. I, I'm across the Atlantic, man. <laughs> I'm going to play a, a clip from one from another writer, so, so, so bear with me for a minute. Sure. Well, Tony, if, if you don't mind me jumping in here, sure. I just really uh -huh. wanted to um, take an opportunity to let everybody know who the authors are. Well, I was going um, to do that right after. I was going to do that right afterwards. Um, you want to do that? Okay, yeah. go for it. Let, let me just play the clip and then. Yeah. Let me not take over your show. <laughs> it wasn't intentional, but I found myself looking at him one day by the seaside. His growing muscularity, his toned chest. The way wetness made him resemble something edible. I was both worried and enticed by this feeling. I lingered so over now, thoughts I'm sure of that, saying uh, something. Anthony's and getting what would I even say? Nicole, the clip is playing, just not here. Sipping jelly water, our feet buried in the sand, his arms around my waist, victimizing me within his captivating smile and capturing my eyes abruptly into his before he leaned in. And these were the images I saw before remembering that all this time we were staring at each other, lost in whatever is was that so Alicia's, fascinating. Uh, all right, so this was, this was a clip by Alicia LeBruin. Um, uh, uh, Nicole and Sam, I suspect you all were not hearing the clip while it was playing. Um, so no, that, but, right. but, 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 um, it, but, have, um, but it went live. But what I want you to do now is yeah, what you were well, going to do before. Um, you said there were 16 writers. Um, yes, so, that's right. Uh -huh, so let's, let's hear who they were, who they are. Okay, and um, I just wanted to, um, because Alicia also wanted to um, let everybody know how she experienced um, the project and um, how she felt about it. So mm -hmm. I actually do have a statement from her to read after her clip, if you don't mind. No, I just, so I just played her, her clip. Go ahead and read what she, her statement is. Right, so she was, um, I'm just trying to cue it up here for you. Um, mm -hmm. 
but she was basically saying that she really enjoyed the experience and it pushed her out of her comfort zone because she had never been published before. So she really welcomed the opportunity to expand her horizons in that way and uh, she felt that we had presented her for a very professional um, project here that she could participate in and feel proud of. So what you heard there was uh, from her story, Tropic Love, and um, let me just make sure that I've got the right title there. Just want to, uh, just bear with me one second. So, yes, yeah, so um, the name of that story was, I think it was, uh, sorry, just one minute, one minute, one minute. I'm just scrolling through our book here to get that proper, I believe it, yes, Tropic Love by Alicia Lebrun. And it, as you can tell, it, it's a very Caribbean-themed story, and it does develop some suspense as it goes along. So it's not your typical love story, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give away more than that. <laughs> and uh, so just to um, let you know who some of the other authors are in The Flying Crapo, we've got uh, award-winning authors like Delroy, Nesta Williams, Christine Samelda, Roy Sanford, Catherine Dorset, who of course is no stranger to TV and radio. And um, Anthony, I believe you had her on uh, during your literary month, yes, um, a few months back. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, Sam George, Delia Coffee Weeks, uh, myself. We also had some newcomers, Dorothy Levy, Lionel Levy, Ronald Deschamps. Um, yeah, well, Ronald's actually um, the... Uh, what should I call him? He's sort of like the site master for Dominice Poetic Circle, which has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Alicia Lebrand, whose work we just read. And we also had some first-time writers, Jade Lindsay, Hezron Dorval, and Tyler George. And those are all our, our youth writers, actually, those three. They're under uh, the age of 18. So we have a wide range of authors. When you've got 16 people you're dealing with, different writing experience. So we've got from unpublished, from new time, new uh, uh, first-time authors, all the way up to published award-winning authors, and all of us write in different genres. And yet we were all able to come together and produce this work because of our collective love for Dominica and the way our work is informed by our culture. So although we're all coming from different backgrounds and different levels of experience and skill, we were able to create this cohesive work. So it's quite historic, I'm sure. No, it's very, very much so. I mean, I knew a little bit about the project from, from I mean, it's Nicole and Sam working on it. I obviously know that it's going on. Um, but then I, I downloaded my copy. I'm like, whoa, it's like 19 stories. You know, um, <laughs> and and I, I must say I I am very impressed. I'm very impressed, and I'm and I'm, and I'm you know very proud to to know you guys. You guys, uh, oh, thank you, you definitely. Thank you. I also <laughs> not ahead. to cut across you, Tony, but I, I should also just take a moment to say a special thank you to Christopher Noseworthy, who is actually Canadian, but he's been to Dominica, and he was just you know he fell in love with the island. And he's someone um, who was my editor many years ago. We've got about almost 20 years of history of friendship and working together on various um, works. And he's been my editor all this time. And he graciously agreed to edit the Flying Crapo Collective. And he also contributed a story, which is at the, it's our final uh, short story at the end of the book. So I just want to say a very special good evening to Christopher and to thank him for his very professional work editing The Flying Crabble. Yes. You know, yes, I'm going uh, uh, Anthony, if I might just jump in here for a minute, I, I do want to add that um, all of the story, or most of the stories, rather, if not all of them, um, actually promote the nature isle of the Caribbean, Dominica. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, even if they are talking about um, certain things that might scare some people, <laughs> um, they are still <laughs> they are still meant to be an invitation for to visitors, you know. So this book hopefully will not only appeal to Dominican citizens, but as well as 
non-Dominicans, um, visitors, people who are interested in knowing Dominica and where Dominica is, the book will actually help you to, to figure out where Dominica is. So for our non-Dominican listeners, those of you tuned into TN Radio, don't think the book is just for Dominicans. It's for you too. Um, so, so get your copy, read the stories, and you will understand what I mean when I say the book is actually an invitation for you to visit Dominica. Yeah, and the thing about it is that um, the stories that we tell in Dominica are very similar to the stories that are told in St. Lucia. They're very similar to the stories yeah. that are told in Grenada. There's that common thread that runs um, through um, the Caribbean people that make us more similar than, than we are different. And I'm pretty sure um, as, we, as we go through the stories, um, our listeners who may not be from Dominica would, would be able to identify um, you know, stories that, that, that are similar to what they heard when they, when they were growing up in their childhood. And, and even Dominicans themselves um, who, are, who will hear the stories will we'll get transported back to their childhood uh, because everybody has a story. Yeah. For, for those yeah. of you who have never visited Dominica, Dominica has very high peaks. Dominica is very mountainous. And Dominica has a lot of trees, um, forest trees as well as agricultural um, cultivation and trees. And... Um, Dominica is also very rural. Once you get out of Roseau, Dominica is very rural. And you, you, you hear a lot of stories of people who say that they were walking in the night and it was probably moonlight or, or, or whatever, and there's a ship in the road that looks like some tall man or look like something, and, <laughs> and, and, and they, they go a roundabout way, you know, or they stand there afraid to go by. Or they run past so quick before, if, because they didn't have a choice, they had to go by. And the next day, they walk down the street to see what was really there. And it's, it's, it's a tree, uh, a banana tree that maybe was blown halfway down and the leaf is dangling on the <laughs> road and it looked like a man or something. Um, so, yeah. so those are the kind of stories that are captured, but it's not in that just uh, typical, just relaying something that, we have heard hundreds, hundreds of times. The, the authors actually took the time to, if you want to say, um, shake up the stories, you know, um, bong them up, put some air in them, change them a little bit. Um, and we have, quite a, we have a few professional writers. We have, we have quite a few talented writers who would rearrange the story to give it a hook and to make it, make it really interesting. So I encourage... I encourage the listeners to go onto Amazon and to and, and to and to and to get the book and, and get the work. Nicole, do you have um, an excerpt that you want to read for the listeners? Um, at this time, I you, don't oh, you, don't, you don't have one prepared. Uh, okay, that's fine. Because I, I thought we were going to go with um, some of the other clips. Yeah, yeah, that we, you are. Got. we are. I have some clips. I would like to. Yeah, I would like to. You know, sort of promote the other author's work. It's not about me. <laughs> so I would love. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, and yeah, um, yeah. I actually have. Uh-huh. Yeah, when you're when we're done with the clips, I I actually have a little synopsis um, of some of the stories that I can also read you as well so people can get an idea as to what some of the stories are like um, in the book okay so um, just in case that you it goes silent on your on, on your end it's not that it's not yes. plain it's plain all right okay yes we got it we got it all you know the village do have no masukuya mr Bertrand chimed in with his feeble breaking voice i killed the last one way he was the oldest villager and had outlived his entire family and most of the villagers of his time. He lived in a small house next to the community center and was always near whenever there was any disagreement. He was a village storyteller too. I remember that night too well, eh? it was 1977, and I had just got a job in Tongto that same month. I was walking up the back road, making my way home. I had worked late that day. I had walked from the Funkani Junction all the way to Loda, and boy, I was tired too. Eh? It was Friday night, eh? just like 
this one, which rain, thunder, and lightning too. I didn't care, I just wanted to go home. And all of a sudden, after I passed by my bus, you was there, I hear something coming behind me. Casa, when I turn around, I see a big ball of fire. So me steps up to run. That thing just brushed me aside and threw me down by the standpipe. When I look up, I see it coming back again. So I just threw a stone after it. You know, the stone come back and hit me right in my middle of my forehead. Hey, where? <laughs> so I just played the clip by um, Delroy Nestor Williams. And I feel, I feel sad for you, um, Nicole and Sam, that you all couldn't hear it. Cause it's <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I could hear it. So oh, okay. I just, so I could not. I run it through, I run it through my um, thing here. So. Okay, so yeah, you heard it. I yeah. just mute my phone. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that, that was Delroy Nestor Williams. Again, he was one of my guests when I did the um, Dominican Writers Month, Literary Month in June uh, of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Reno really showing the variation um, of, of the, uh, the different angles from which um, the writers come. And, that, and I think the flying crapo is a real treat that is going to be around for a while, I imagine. I can, I can foretell. Uh, you, might, you might even have to do a hard cover um, that, it, that mm. it, it, it can really become a coffee table book. <laughs> Nicole, you said you had a synopsis that you wanted to, um, to go through, and then we'll play a couple more clips. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So, and um, I've got my own summary uh, queued up here, so maybe I can go last, um, just to give everybody, make sure everybody who's contributed a a clip can get um, theirs played. So um, just to let you know, folks, what sort of stories are in the book. These are just some brief summaries for you. As I said, the stories are primarily based on fantasy. A boy is too terrified to collect water from a nearby river. A girl receives homework help from an apparition. A man on a remote mountain path suddenly realizes he's not alone. A young woman is haunted by a creature of legend. A teacher tries to discover the truth behind a village folktale. A scorned lover plots supernatural revenge, amongst other bizarre and wonderful tales. All of which are in The Flying Crapple. So there you go, folks. A little bit of something for everyone. A little bit of something for everyone. <laughs> and, and, you, you know, the, the seriousness of this project... Um, is that what it is is a record of our tradition or a record of our culture. And because as a people, we need our art to be able to pass on our heritage and, and, and our legacy um, so that after we've done our journey, um, there is something that we left behind for the people that's coming next. To, to understand what, what type of people that we are. Uh, Nicole, you, you, you want to speak to that um, a little bit because you, you, you said that this type of writing marries two type of reading and type of writing that you enjoyed from since you were a child. Um, so is, is the cultural part of it something that's important to you? I would say extremely so. I think that what, what we're, we have to look at where we're starting from, and that is the fact that our culture is made up of our experiences as a people, and our stories come out of those experiences. So everything that has been spoken in terms of our storytelling, everything that's been written down, is deeply connected to our experiences. Um, you know, moving from generation to generation, as you, you said. And I think what we've tried to do with this project is we've tried to take it to, um, I, I, I like saying another level, but we already have our traditional stories um, in our heads, in our hearts. Um, some people have actually tried to document the old stories and then, of course, we've got our storytellers. I remember uh, Lawrence Brumont, you know, was um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the major forces when I was growing up who would be on the front lines of keeping Creole stories alive, Creole storytelling alive. So 
we have had that tradition handed down to us. And I think, it, in a way, it sort of stagnated a bit in that we always seem to be saying, saying, saying the same stories over and over again. So it's always about Alugao. It's always about Osukuya. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's always those sort of tropes, if you like, that um, we hear year after year after year. And there is a place for that in our culture, and it's part of who we are. Um, what I wanted us to do with the Flying Crapper was to see how we can extrapolate from there. What can you do with this source material to make it new, to make it fresh, to make it um, perhaps more relevant to a new generation that is so plugged into, elect into um, I don't want to say electronics, but into technology, mm -hmm. right? So what we've tried to do is to carry on the storytelling tradition, carry on the story writing tradition, and make it something that um, the next generation and generations to come can still relate to because it appeals to them as well. So that's our way of keeping the culture alive, of keeping the heritage alive. Listen, let, let, let's listen. I hope I've answered your question. Yes, you did. You <laughs> certainly did. Let's listen to the next clip. This one is from Roy Sanford. Um, uh, an excerpt from his contribution, uh, John B. on Chimere L'Etat. The Jumbi on Chimere L'Etat. The roar is familiar. It is a heavy rain shower. They are common in the rainforest. They make their presence no known long before they reach you. Jacko shifts the weight of the jola, a homemade backpack of straw, on his back. It is heavy with arrowroot flour, some cassava bread from it for his journey, and a half bottle of rum. He has to find some shelter from the rain, but he has no umbrella. He sees some balizia lift ahead of him. He hacks at the stem with, stems with his knife. The rain is almost upon him. He knows within moments he will be drenched. He works quickly. He cuts four leaves, places them over his head and the jeweler. He waits for the downpour, but it never comes. The roar stops abruptly. The sun keeps shining. Jacko is baffled as he stands with the leaves over his head. Is his mind playing tricks on him? Suddenly he realizes that although he was in the middle of the rainforest, the heat is brutal. It is 1960. Jacko is on the only track connecting the east coast of Dominica or over to the west coast. It is called the Chimay Litan. It is not motorable. As an arrowroot farmer, he has to trek on foot from over to sell his product in Roseau. He has done it countless times, but never alone. Since the Chimay Litan snakes through mostly rainforest and is remote, it is unwise to travel on it alone. But this is an exception. His wife is sick. She desperately needs medication from only in Ruzo. Jacko crests the hill and stops. He takes a deep breath. He quickly forgets the rain shower incident. All right. So that was Roy Sanford. And what was interesting about um, that excerpt from Roy, and Roy has also been uh, a guest on, on my show, um, I remember he read a story on the show about his grandmother going to the house of somebody who had died um, to deal with the mm -hmm. spirits surrounding that. And I got so much feedback. Um, Roy scares me, man. Roy scares me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people who said that they, they were, I affected their sleep that night um, from, from listening to the story that Roy told. So he's a, he's a very talented writer that's able to to bring the reader in with him, um, to be present with him. And, and what I also found interesting is that if you, if you are familiar with Dominica, from, from the description of what was in the Jola, and the Jola, for those of you who don't know, is like a backpack that, that was made from, from reeds and straw and sticks that the, that the people would put their, their produce from the farm with to take to, to carry rather than carrying it on their head so it, their, and their hands would be free um, to do whatever, cutting whatever they needed to cut. 
And so he, 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 the fact that he describes so many of the products um, of, of Toloma, and which is arrowroot, and, um, and cassava products, immediately, um, if you know, belies his Kalinago um, heritage. Um, those are very, very popular products uh, of the Kalinago people. Um, so, so I, you know, in, in the stories, Nicole, and that's what we were talking about, um, in, in the stories, um, it, it, it's not only the story in itself, like the main line of the story, there's so many other um, aspects of Dominican life that's captured in those stories. And, and what, you, what, you, what you did with the flying crapple is to, I wouldn't say modernize it, but to make it more friendly um, to, to, to the younger um, audience. And some, I, I, I know that you are into, into technology, broadcast technology, you're the producer on TDN Radio. Uh, what, what, I, what I see is that um, this project, okay, so let me, let me when, we were, when we were growing up, we had more time. There was less distractions. And also for folks like me and you who grew up in the countryside where there probably wasn't electricity, um, we didn't have the distraction of television. And even when we had televisions, it was black and white. Maybe we get a station from Barbados or somewhere. Um, so the opportunity to tell stories was more common. And, and then the stories would be repeated. And they would be similar. And so we had the opportunity to learn the stories. Nowadays, if, if you have a young person that may be interested in, star, in, in a storytelling, we're lucky if we get to tell them that story once a year. So, so there is less opportunity to remember it, and there's less opportunity to say it in the first place. So, so the flying crapo um, captures it in a form that, that is easier now. You can hand a young person a book. You can hand somebody else a book. Uh, so what, when, you, when you got introduced to the, to the idea, did you, was that part of what your thought process was, that, that you, were, you were basically capturing a piece of Dominican heritage and, and bringing it in a format that, that would be useful um, in the 21st century? Most definitely. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's exactly what you just said, that because of all of the all the types of entertainment that's around you can get young people to hear. Some there's an echo <laughs> there's an echo on your mic. Um well, well, I'm not sure why, but okay. Um let's see. So uh is it better? Mm, I can hear you know, it just sounds yeah. a little bit like a machine like when like when you know well, go ahead, let's see if it gets better. Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, yeah, um, most definitely. Uh, and what you're saying about, you know, with so much modern... Well, Sam, Sam, let me, Sam let, me take, let me take a clip from another writer, Delia. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything you can do on your end. Um, I don't know if I need to hang up and maybe reconnect with you. Um, but okay. the connection was getting very um, gobbled. So let me, let me play the clip from, from Delia Coffee Weeks. And then I'll get back, I'll get your answer to that um, your con- afterwards, okay? Okay, I'm going to hand up. Right. Okay, sure. David, The Reward by Delia Coffee Weeks. Jana and Naomi had been sitting in front of the television, enjoying a horror movie for less than 10 minutes when the lights went out. Since there was no power, there was little they could do. No TV, no music, no computer, no internet, nothing. They set out to visit Dada Yvette across the yard. Dada Yvette smiled when she heard them running to her home. She had been relaxing on the back step, smoking her pipe, and enjoying the moonlight. She knew they would come for stories as soon as the lights had gone out. She greeted them warmly. 
as they ran up to her. David, he don't have light, so we cannot do nothing. David, he don't have light, so we cannot do nothing, Naomi said breathlessly. But that is strange, Dada Yvette laughed. All you is robot? Eh? All you working on light? They all laughed at the joke. Then the children begged her to tell them a story. She knew that was what they had come for. But she wanted them to realize the mistake of choosing TV instead of her stories. At my age, I should be able to smoke my pipe and enjoy the moonlight in peace, Dada Yvette complained. But if you don't tell us stories, we have nothing else to do, Jana wailed. Go and look at the famous TV that I even retorted. But it don't have light, they chorused. Uh-huh. No light, no TV, no internet. So all you come, that I even teased. All right. So that was um, Delia Coffee Week. Sam, you back with us, right? Yeah, um, can you still hear the echo? It's better, it's better, it's much better. Oh, no, actually it's not. Oh, oh dear. Yeah, there was a big buzz in some um, technologies. Okay, go ahead, Sam. Uh, let's talk about, about the, the, the project and, and, and the technology aspect of it and making it more available to, to, to new readers, um, new audience. Hello? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Still it, it, It's better. We, we can probably get your, your response. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know if this system just gets this button. Well, it, it's keeping you the theme of the story, you know. I, told, I warned yeah. you about talking about Grandpa, <laughs> grandpa Frank. <laughs> ghost in the machine, man. Ghost in the machine. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, I mean, let me put it this way. Not um, long ago, um, it's something I can't remember what it's before or after we could ask to contribute to the flying battle. I tried to tell my youngest son, my youngest son, about Popola and Petty. <laughs> he was just like, huh? <laughs> Dad, you're weird. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, he just he, he didn't get it. He didn't get the joke, he didn't get the, you know, he just wasn't interested. So, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that's what the spacecraft will, will, will help to catch and help to remind um, all of people and Dominicans of a time when, you know, you, you will run around with a design, you know, playing in the middle of the night or... Um, you know, sitting around the fire at night and telling scary stories. Or even just at home, you know, like my dad would tell a story of a cup and a cup of tea or sometimes uh, a, a, a zombie story, those kind of things. And scares would tell us something about some strange person or something that, who, that would come to children who do not obey during the day, when you don't obey during the day, when you go to sleep at night. Well, Something's coming to you. So I hope that the fire will remind our readers um, those who are in Dominica or even the Caribbean. And, and incidentally, even, even, even people from some African countries. Because um, over the holidays, I was having a just chatting with some friends from Malawi, and I was telling them about some of the things we used to do growing up, and they were like, well, those are the same things we used to do. Right. So, because so, it connects all the way back, and I, I hope it does that for all of us. No, certainly. It's, it's a pity the, um, the quality of the call somehow. I don't know if you're using a headset or whatever, but, Sam, but we're approaching the end of the hour anyway. Um, so because of the quality of your mic, Sam, I'm going to tell you thank you very much. You, you can stay on the line because when you, it's not affecting the quality of the, of the conversation. Your, your voice is coming in very gobbled. Um, but, but thank you so much oh, okay. for, for contributing to the Flying Crap One, for being on with me tonight. Nicole, um, it's, 
it's all yours. Um, I, 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 I'm going to give you the last few minutes to, to, to say your thank you to, to people that helped you with the project and to talk about any aspect of the project that we haven't spoken about and anything else that you wanted to say to me. Okay. Have we gone through all the clips for the authors? Yes, I did. Okay, so um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just take one minute to just read an excerpt from my story, mm-hmm. and then I will wrap up, as you mentioned. Sure. So my story is titled Robot Fido, and of course, true to my sci-fi love, this story is in the science fiction genre. And when our story, when we catch up to the part in the story that I'm going to read from, uh, this gentleman has brought, bought a robotic pet for his wife. So I begin. I cleared my throat. It's what you call a robot fighter, a mechanical pet, I explained. She sucked in a breath. Kisa, robot dog? You crazy or what? I don't want that thing in the house. She glared at the puppy with her lips curled. I picked up the puppy and tucked it under my arm. It gave another enthusiastic yip and wagged its tail. Diana covered her ears. Aye, the box was sharp. Make it stay outside, Bertrand. How you know it's safe? I told her she should think of it as a toy, or at least like a vacuum cleaner. The look on her face told me I was getting nowhere, so I left her in the kitchen and went into my home office. I spent most of the night trying to understand the manual and issuing voice commands to program the puppy. I grew excited as I began to understand how amazing our new pet was. He could actually grow over time just like a real dog, mature and bulk up to the size of a husky. I decided for Diana's peace of mind, I would keep him lean and not too intimidating. As I worked, sipping cold cocoa tea and eating bites of pencasse with salami at intervals, the puppy wagged his tail and barked until I ordered him to stop. I found myself talking to him, explaining that I needed him to double as a guard dog and companion and to have patience with Diana. He stared at me with those uncanny green eyes, and I felt he was processing every word. So that's um, an excerpt from <laughs> yeah, well, my, my contribution. And um, yeah, so basically, I just uh, the one thing we haven't talked about was the name, the flying crapple. Right, exactly. So um, again, a bit of a nod to the science fiction aspect of things. Obviously, crapples. They, they fly, they soar, they leap, I suppose, but they don't fly as a bird would, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with them. But because of their powerful legs, they certainly um, they spring forward and they can cover a lot of ground. So when we were looking at a title for this collection, we wanted something that was whimsical and fun, but was also distinctly and unmistakably Dominican. Right. And I think the Krakow is, is almost representative of the Dominican spirit, the... Uh, a symbol of resilience, if you like, mm-hmm. because it is a creature that is bouncing back from the brink of extinction. So we felt that it was a fitting tribute, and it tied into our idea of marrying the old with the new. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage everyone who is um, a, a big reader that this is something that they want to definitely have. Added to their collection, whether it's um, you know your ebook or your paperback, you definitely want to go head over to Amazon.com and um, purchase your copy of the Flying Crapple. I can guarantee you that you will see new things that you haven't seen before, and some old things with a new spin. So yeah. thank you so much, Tony. Thank you, and um, we're going we're going to keep this conversation going um, because I can already anticipate the amount of feedback I'm going to get, people who <laughs> were taken back to their childhood and these different stories that they know. Um, I would not be surprised if so many people came at you, comes at you in the future, uh, even your writers, with more stories, and there might be a volume two um, of The well, Flying yeah, Crapple. you never know. <laughs> and we're certainly open to that, yeah. Because I'm, I'm definitely fascinated um, by the project. Um, the book is a beautiful book. I encourage our listeners to go get it. Um, get it, well, one, to support the writer, but get it because it's good writing. It's good entertaining writing um, that is worth uh, the support. And, Nicole, congratulations to you 
and the uh, 16 other writers. And, and, and to thank every, you. Thank you and, so much. And, and thank you for your support. No, certainly. And, um, and I should, um, sorry, Tony, not to cut across you, but I just want to let everybody know that um, they can also purchase the book off of our own website, theflyingcrapple.com. So um, I believe it's, um, it's going to be up and running very shortly. So just to let everybody know, theflyingcrapple.com. Um, they will be able to buy the ebook as well as on Amazon.com where they can get either the ebook by Kindle or they can get um, the paperback version of it. So there's, we, you know, we've got something for everyone, and however you like to read, we've got you covered. Uh, uh, certainly. And all the best, and we're going to, we're going to keep you, com- you coming back, or you can send one of the other writers. But, but I really want to keep <laughs> that project in the presence. Um, of the mind of, of, our, of our audience. So, so thank you thank for coming you. on and have a great weekend, listeners. I, thank I, you so much for the opportunity and uh, good night to you and to all of your listeners. Thank you for listening. Good night. And Sam, good night and thank you again. I think he's already gone. So listeners, I want to yes. say, <laughs> I, I want to say um, thank you for, for tuning in as usual um, on this week in interview. Uh, tonight we... <laughs> We took it. We took we we took a light approach, a lighter approach. If you want to call um, all of the stories, these folklore stories that that we, all of these folklore stories that we that we went through, some of them scary, some of them fascinating. Um, there's something in there for everybody. Get get the book and let me know what you think. Uh, let's have a discussion about the writing. Let's get your contribution, your memory of similar stories or, or dissimilar stories, if you will. Um, let's, let's encourage the, the recording of our, our tradition, of our folklore. Um, the, the, the books in our schools teaching literature should be from our stories. And, and so um, I look forward to that time when our, our school students will be studying the works of, of our writers. So as I leave you, I want to say good night to everybody. Um, be careful um, with, the, uh, with, with the illness that's traveling, constant washing of hands and disinfecting of hands until we get to the other side of it. Stay very safe. And I'm going to leave you with this song by Jeff Joe, um, the Dominican song, Sukuya. <laughs>